we are going to touch on a few of the questions that didn't get answered last Sunday when Travis talked about our value of uh, forever family. And so we've kind of taken uh, those questions and kind of have kind of brought them down to like three questions that uh, are kind of thematic in what you were asking. And so we want to touch on those. So the first question we want to touch on is a question that kind of sounds like this. Uh, I have a pretty full life with my job, my immediate family, uh, and then all my responsibilities and activities. How can I possibly add the broader church family to my life? Kind of a question circling around how there's not much margin and we're super busy. So Kyle, your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is something I think that we, it got asked in a lot of different ways, specifically in different aspects, stuff like that. Um, but at the end of the day, like this is kind of what boiled down to is there's a lot going on in my life. And so if what you're saying to me is all of a sudden these people who have been coming and maybe sitting next to or just interacting with at church, like I'm actually supposed to see these people as like family that I would give up for and die for and be willing to spend more time with, like how in the world is that even supposed to fit into my life? And I'll, I mean, if I can just say from the beginning, that's a good question. Like, I feel that definitely. Like, I have a bunch of kids. You know, we don't have extended family like in town. So like we're kind of left to our own devices in a lot of ways to make things work. Um, we're involved. We're all involved in different things. And this feels like another big, big ask. And so I have a couple thoughts about that. And then definitely I'd love to hear yours, Matt. But one is um, and I think this is going to come up a lot as we talk through um, all these different values of our church is what we value, we will absolutely give up other things to accomplish. That's just true. Um, whether that's like a job or a business or our health or our leisure activities or hobbies or whatever, if we have a high value of something, we will rearrange our life to accomplish or accommodate that value. And we don't always do great at that. I think we fail at that a lot, but I, I also think it's good for us to be a little like ruthless with ourselves and say, then this must not be as high a value as maybe I want it to be. And so um, just being able to look at that without judgment or like condemnation, but just say, hey, my value to see my church as family isn't as high as maybe it needs to be. Um, so I don't know. I find that helpful for me. Maybe you're a little more in touch with your emotions and that hurts to say that. But I being a little ruthless in my assessment myself, I think is kind of helpful. Um, but then the other reality is, I'm not sure that these things have to exist in a, in a place where they're like warring against each other. Like this is another thing to add into the mix. I think the reality is, and I, I've seen this to be true in my life, when I start to see people as not just acquaintances or neighbors or whatever, um, especially in the context of the church, when I actually start to see them as family, it's like, there's needs met through that. There's encouragement in that. There's understanding that comes through that. And so it doesn't necessarily seem like a big burden that's being placed on me, um, but actually a little bit more freedom. And I'm not saying it's like that every second of every day. Let's not kid ourselves. Sometimes advocating for family is hard and it takes work and time and effort, but the payoff I think is absolutely worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. I think a couple, two things that kind of came to mind was one, um, there's a book that Andy Stanley wrote a number of years ago, and I think the title is actually the best thing about the book. It's called Choosing to Cheat. I think it was Andy Stanley who wrote it, but it was called Choosing to Cheat. Um, I'll have to add that in later. <laughs> yeah, if I don't know. Right. Not, not <laughs> you great. can look that up and, and, and uh, fact check. But there is a book that exists called Choosing to Cheat, and the premise of the whole thing was um, contrary to what we are 
told and we are kind of indoctrinated with of, I can have and do everything I want. That is not how life works. I am not God. I'm not like, I'm not present everywhere. I'm not all powerful. So I can't actually do everything I want and have everything I want. I actually have to choose where I'm going to cheat my own desires. And so the, the, the reality is something gets cheated. Like something does. I mean, if you, if you, uh, if you want to make as much money as you can possibly make, um, chances are whether you decide to or not, you're going to cheat with your family. Mm. Um, and, and so part of it, I think, is kind of like what you said, Kyle, that kind of a follow-up to that, is that the things that we decide, like these are the things that are of value, and so I'm going to cheat this way. And I think that the, the, the hard thing is that we are so used to setting our own values and priorities where Jesus Jesus actually sets our values and priorities. And so that kind of leads into the second part of it is this. Um, I actually think this concept goes much deeper than I'm just adding something to my life or I'm exchanging something in my life. I actually think that, especially as Travis said Sunday about this, this I would say this idolatry of individualism and individualistic lifestyle, I actually think that we have to go a little deeper and recalibrate our lives so that they see the broader family of God as more important than they currently are. And I think that might mean we have to make adjustments in other places in our lives. Um, I think, I, yeah. I think too, that, that that is like something that has to be like supernatural in nature because yeah. Yeah. we, li- I mean, I have literally been raised in the thick of that my entire life, never experienced yeah. anything other than, even when it comes to family yeah. and values and church, it's yeah. still all about the individual. And, uh, yeah. and so kicking that and seeing things differently, mm-hmm. that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually think it goes pretty deep to, to really pretty disruptive <laughs> and, and changing my life. But actually I think that I've been, for me, I've been living under a false pretense of these things are optional if I have space. Yeah, totally. Whereas I think Jesus actually, and the way he's designed his church is these things are really important. The second, the second kind of thematic question we were seeing come up has to do with isolation from, from two pieces. Um, one, um, how can I help people from feeling isolated or who feel isolated? And then the other question was, how do I move from being isolated to like belonging? And I think uh, a lot of the, the things that went along with that was um, maybe past hurt or fear of being hurt, and that's why I'm isolated. And so, um, so yeah, I, I think I think just to kind of kick it off, I, I think that um, I think helping people from feeling isolated is actually a lot easier than we make it. Um, it's it's inviting people to walk with us in different ways. And, and I think there's a lot of I think of myself, and I think there's a lot of things that I do that I like to do alone. There's things that I that I do that I would like to do with other people, but but I think there's there's it is hard sometimes to actually follow through with that. And so I think for me, one of the way to to help people who feel isolated is is simply even give an invitation, um, ask them to walk with you somewhere. I mean, uh, how how hard is it if I'm doing something in my life? And I just put it out there to some people that I'm intentional with to say, hey, I'm going here. Do you just want to go with me? Um, it doesn't even mean that you are particularly helpful in that endeavor, but just go with me and, and let's go together. Uh, so, so, I mean, I think that's one thing that we can do that, that isn't necessarily adding something in your life. 
it's actually traveling with someone on the things that you're already doing in your life. Yeah. I oftentimes think about it like this, and I don't know if this is 100% right, but it is something that I've experienced is, uh, and, I, and I feel like is a true value. I, I oftentimes think that the, the burden of, of this relationship between someone who's maybe experiencing belonging and someone who feels isolated, it's kind of on the shoulders of the person who has experienced belonging mm -hmm. because I, if I have experienced even family, like we're talking about, like in relationships that aren't blood, but I, I would look at them and honestly say they're family, it's kind of on me to make sure to help someone else see maybe what they're missing or even be willing to step into it. And so, I mean, even as practical as I could roll in here on a Sunday and I have things to do and I have people that I know that I want to see and I can like power through my morning accomplishing all those things with zero opportunity to be interrupted to, to bring someone from that place of isolation into belonging. And not to say it too harsh, I think that's kind of on me to do that, to, to walk through, even if it's just like walking through the park with eyes open enough to say who is by themselves or I look out and I see someone sitting in a pew by themselves. Like, is there an opportunity to do that? Not everyone will respond, of course, mm -hmm. but like, what's the problem to ask? What's the problem to like yeah. fill the gap and see if they would want to take a step toward a, a deeper level of belonging? So I, I think for those yeah. of us who have experienced all the benefit from being a part, uh, we, got, we got to be willing to kind of fill the gap with yeah. people who don't. Yeah. And I think on the other side of it, um, how do I move from isolation, moving in a, in a good direction is is first of all, I, as much as it's hard and as much as maybe you or I have been hurt at some point or there's fear in that, one of the, one of the most consistent callings in scripture is perseverance. Um, and so part of this is a, is a question of, am I willing to persevere in this? Because sometimes, um, sometimes because isolation and sometimes the reason we isolate comes from a protection uh, posture and almost a man, I, I don't know, almost a, um, s almost a selfish posture. Um, and just understand, I'm not calling, if you're isolated, I'm not saying you're selfish, but there are feelings that I've felt before where I have isolated and I want, I'm looking for something specific for somebody to do. And if they don't make, if they don't, they don't fill that specific thing I'm looking for, I'm going to be hard to reach. So I think those in, in isolation, those of us who are there, we actually have to be open to the fact that God might even love us through other people. And we have to take the risk to, we have to take the risk to be hurt in order to belong. And that's just, that's maybe a hard fact of life. Yeah, I was going to say like vulnerability is like what is necessary to move from isolation to belonging. And it is super scary because mm -hmm. it's super risky and you don't know how people are going to take it. And you don't know if you'll even be welcomed to belong yeah. if you're honest about where you're at. But um, I'm pretty convinced it's impossible without that. Yes, So for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so last, last question. Um, how does this family understanding apply to other believers, like those who are maybe uh, in our city or um, somewhere else in our country, but, but also like globally, what, is, what does that look like? Um, I, you know, I, I, I love this question because um, it, it's a, such a good question because we wonder like, well, how can I relate to those who don't have the exact same experience or same, all the same beliefs? But in, in the New Testament, all the New Testament authors talk about the power of being in Christ Jesus and how that actually changes everything. Um, I, I don't know how to tell you how to do that, 
but I can tell I can tell two quick things. One, um, I went to the Mediterranean basin and and met a family who I feel like is my family. And um, I I have never in such a short amount of time felt. I mean, just incredibly connected, not just connected, but even to the point of like walking with, struggling with, suffering with them. Um, and I had never met them before and they're on the other side of the world. Um, and then just today I was talking to a guy um, who I didn't know necessarily was a believer, but we started talking and we found that the, the way the Holy Spirit's working in us is very similar. And there was just immediate um, connection and immediate, like, I think I trust him because of what I see Jesus doing in his life. And even it was just, and literally this was, this was a five minute conversation. So I think part of it is recognizing and being spirit filled and being full of the spirit and, and actually seeing those people as people who already have a connection to you and kind of just going for it. Yeah. I think, I think in a world and in a church where there's so many things that are kind of meant to like divide us up, whether it be, you know, ideology or politics or location or language or race or whatever, it seems like every single thing that could be a line to divide is a line to divide. Mm-hmm. But recognizing that that the family is much, much bigger than maybe what we thought or what is our first inclination um, not only helps us have grace with each other, I think, it also keeps us like on on mission. I've been so encouraged by other believers that, that are not part of this like localized cross point family in, in the city, state, country, and around the world that continue to push me forward and what I do in this family to to complete the things that, that Jesus has asked us to do. But I was also thinking about this too, because there is this reality, you know, I mean, yeah, technology is awesome. Zoom is like the worst, but great. And it gives us a chance to connect with family regardless of location. But there is a reality that like, if we are living kind of in step with people day in, day out in a physical place, like in our family that we would call Crosspoint, there is something a little different about that. I think about my own family. Like I said, they, they don't live here. Um, and so my interactions with my blood family that live in Wyoming or North Dakota or wherever in Canada, it's a little different functionally than the family that I've been grafted into like at Crosspoint. And so that doesn't make them any less family. My goodness, like they, they are family in every definition of the word, but how I interact with them is a little different than how I interact with my family here. And so uh, just recognizing that um, you're able to give a certain amount to people who you have a certain amount of influence or time or whatever with, but there's also like a lot that you need to pay attention to with the people you're literally walking like in step with as we go. And I think I th- not w- one doesn't disqualify the other, but we just got to know there sometimes there's a difference in how we interact. And maybe the perspective shift is that while I won't spend the same amount of time with these people, I'm willing to sacrifice as much for yeah, those people. Absolutely. And so maybe that's part of what makes family family is the willingness to sacrifice, not the duration of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, man, it's been, it's been cool to, to get to answer some of these questions. And, um, I also just, I mean, we want to say, and cause we know this to be true as, as the leadership of the church and as people who have been trying to listen to the Holy spirit across the board in our church, as we continue to do this, 
it would be really great if there was just like practical step one, two, three, four, and five, and here we go, we got it. Um, but the reality is, I think we're all discovering this is like an inner transformation that Jesus is doing in us. It is not our sin nature to see each other's family. It's not our sin nature to give up our time so we can develop rhythms. It's not our sin nature to disciple people or to be willing to pay whatever cost needs to be paid to do what Jesus asks us to do. And so while answering questions is like so helpful, we just continue to want to encourage all of us to continue to seek him as he transforms us so that we can really be the family that he wants us to be. And so we're excited to get into kind of the next value this coming Sunday. We're going to be talking about spiritual rhythms and what role they play in our personal lives and in our group as a, as a family. And uh, we're excited to answer some more questions. So thanks for jumping on and checking these out and we'll see you on Sunday.